Hey team, welcome to Everyday with Gareth Jim NZ and today we are catching up with Kiriana Wairo Hunter from Wellington. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me, Stefan. I'm really excited to be on here. So tell us a little about yourself, like um, where you're from and um, what, what you're doing now. I'm from Wellington, Winery or Marta, I don't know if anyone knows that, um, suburb. Uh, my, on my mum's side, uh, she's from Mahia, East Coast, and my dad's side, uh, she's from Taranaki. Choice, man. Old, and at um, the moment, um, what am I doing? Basically, uh, over COVID-19 lockdown, I was working from home, um, doing a lot of training, and yeah, just basically that's been on repeat for the last however many weeks. So you're working um, at Fulton Hogan, eh? Yeah, fourteen hundred. Yeah, yep. I just started with them uh, this year as a graduate. Oh, yep. How's it going for you? I really love it. Like it's it's like an amazing experience, and I'm around like um, really good guys and yep. girls. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Probably, well, the only job, full time job I've ever had, but um, so far. So, what do you do for Fulton? Are you are you on big projects down in Wellington or? Yeah, so um, at the moment I'm working on the Patoni to Melling Cycle Trail. Okay. Um, so uh, my role on the project um, is graduate slash site engineer. So I yeah. just um, kind of manage um, the costings and the guys that are on site, the plant that's on site. Yeah. And um, all this other kind of stuff, you know organising um, material going on to site and stuff like that. So um, I just report that to my boss and he does the rest. <laughs> Man, that's pretty me. That's a pretty awesome company to work for though. Yeah, my yeah. wife's gear, yeah, she works, or she's been involved with um, infrastructure, recruitment um, and big projects oh, up yeah. here in Auckland and stuff like that. So, yeah, like um, Fulton Hogan and, uh, you know, all the big earth-moving companies and all that sort of jazz on the big massive projects, Transmission Gully and, all that sort of jam. So um, that's why I was kind of asking you because, you know, you don't really come across many, many women working in that space, you know, and it's, it's cool to see that you're, you've stepped in there. Yeah. Being a Māori too, yeah. you know, Māori yeah. woman as well and stepping into that space, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't really met many other women, but I we have graduate programs. Um, so we have a graduate program, so it's a two-year graduate program and Every like three or four months, we meet up um, with all the graduates in New Zealand, yep. and we have a massive, you know, um, uh, hui um, in different. Maybe I think I just went to one in Christchurch at the start of the year, and then uh, it's scattered all around the country. And yeah. you meet a whole lot of people, and it, there were some women there, but um, obviously a smaller number um, than men. But yeah, it was really cool to experience that and learn from the other graduates. Yeah, man, that's mean. You got a massive hockey. Well, you young young woman who's been involved in hockey for a long time and pretty impressive CV for someone so young. So holding down a full time job and doing that. So just really keen to find out a little bit about your hockey background and kind of how that started off for you. Yeah. Um. So I started playing hockey when I was probably about ten years old. Um. Back in two thousand and ten. I played for the Winery Hockey Club, so just the local club. Mm. Um, and then a year later, 
Someone told me, I'll oh, go to trial for the under 11 Wellington rip side. Yeah. So I went and did that and, yeah, it just started from there. And then I didn't really know where I was kind of going with hockey, but yeah. I kind of just took the wave and rode it and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then it just got to, got, now I'm like doing okay with it. And, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you've been super humble about being doing okay at it because you've been part of the New Zealand Māori hockey team and the New Zealand Under-21 hockey team and various other rep teams. So I think you've been pretty humble in that respect, but that's pretty cool. So, I mean, how's that, how's that like, I guess, that sort of progressing eh, as a young young person at 10 or 11 to representative honours? And, I mean, where is that going to lead you? I mean, what, what are your ultimate goals in hockey? So I think, no, I think um, I really would like to be a, like, sick one day. Yeah. Um, don't have a certain date for that, but, or, like, um certain year that I want to reach it, but it is definitely a goal for me. And, yeah. Um, I would love to represent um, New Zealand because being a Māori person and obviously a woman and... Mm. You don't really see many Māori women at the Blackstick level, so that's something that I would really like to achieve, and yeah. obviously for our own culture. Yeah, I mean, what's the pathway like for to get to that level? Because I mean, I guess we're quite lucky because in New Zealand, like the women's hockey teams, like on the world stage, is pretty good. You know, yeah. so I mean, how, what's the pathway for you? Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, like, the pathway, so it starts with the Junior Black Six. Um, that's, like, under-18s kind of thing, and then moves to under-21s, mm-hmm. which they call Futures, and then it moves to, it goes straight to Development uh, Black Six and then the Black Six team. What sort of, um, I mean, it's pretty hard. I know, I know quite a few that are in, going along that pathway. I mean, because I work at a university, so we have a lot of the um, development as well as a few of the black sticks go through our university, So, and we deal with them in the um, high-performance unit. The training schedules, they are mad, man. You guys, I mean, how what is the training for you now, especially with COVID-19? What are you doing mostly these days? Uh, so my training schedule, um, majority of it is cardio, mm. which makes a lot of sense. Uh, so uh, we kind of get to organise our own schedule during the week as long as we're following the program. Mm. So it'll be like four times a week cardio and then two or three times a week uh, strength and conditioning. But it's nothing – obviously it's nothing too heavy or, um, like, you know, on our body. And yeah. yeah but that's what kind of our schedule looks like. What's, what? How does the cardio break up for you guys? Is it – Sprints or medium, then long distance, or I mean, how do you? Because I mean, if you're doing four cardio sessions a week, that's a you know, that's a lot of pounding. You know, there's a lot of work for the legs. You know, yeah. so how how do you break yeah. how do you break that up? Just so kind of like people can understand, like, because I, I think one of the things about hockey is that people they see them running. You know, hockey players they go, man, they cover the ground a lot. I don't think people fully understand, like, or wouldn't understand unless you're a hockey player, like how much training and how many miles you got to do and then what sort of running-based programs you have to employ every week. You know, could, I mean, could you elaborate on that a little bit? 
Yeah, sure. Um, so with our cardio sessions a week um, at the moment, uh, it's all kind of short, sharp stuff and a lot of sprinting. And then um, also fitting in a long-distance run, but we call it like a power run. So you uh, set a time, so just that was 30 minutes, and you have to run basically as fast as as fast as you can and uh, see how far you can run, basically. Yeah. So um, the shorter, 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 sharper stuff, um, it's all based over – we're actually doing Broncos at the moment, which is something <laughs> yeah. we've never done. Yeah. Uh, and I've done it before um, at the Ignite 7 thing, but um, otherwise <laughs> I don't really enjoy them because it's a, it's a lot of turning. But I would say we do a lot of 20-metre um, – 50 meter, 70 meter stuff, which is yeah. quite similar, but um, it's just continuous running and shorter breaks. Like we don't get a long, long break. Yeah. And the sprinting stuff is pretty straightforward. Like it wouldn't change um, for any other sport. Yeah. But yeah. Do you do a lot of? Um, I mean, do you guys do have to do a lot of agility work, like on, like in your running? Like, do you have agility sessions? You know, because in hockey, you know how it's kind of like it's not. You guys do a lot of turning in hockey too, and you do a lot of having to turn real quickly on the spot. That's just my amateur view of it because I'm not a, I've never played the sport, but it's like, man, I mean, do you guys spend a bit of time on agility work? I would say compared to other sports, like just say netball, they mm. do a crazy amount of agility. Like I see their trainings and I'm like, holy moly. Um, but no, we just kind of do ladder work before our sessions, like if mm. it was a turf session or um, a running session, we would just incorporate uh, our ladder work um, before as a warm up, yeah. but otherwise not really. And to practice our turning, we need to practice um, turning um, whilst we do our cardio. So that's yeah. kind of like incorporating those movements in our cardio sessions. What sort of miles do you guys clock in a game? Depends which position you play. Yeah. Uh, between six to nine days. Yeah. Like, even if that was going, even if we were looking at the black six level, yeah. I know that um, when they had Mark Hager as a um, coach, if they didn't reach a certain kilo- certain kilometres, they had to do top-ups at the end of their oh. Um, games. Oh, wow. So, uh, <laughs> Pretty brutal, oh. but makes sense. Like um, being a top athlete and everything. But, yeah. Oh man, that's crazy, eh? Like imagine that. Like you finish the game and you're like, "Hey guys, sorry, get um, on you're like a kilometer and a half short, man. You owe me." <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, I don't. I know that they had to do top up running after games, but I'm not sure what that's like now because I know they have a new um, coach. Yeah. So it might yeah. Look a bit different. Yeah, man. Oh well, you'd hope so. I would. Be- <laughs> I'd be like, hey, what do you mean? I just played 80 minutes. I'm going to do extras. Yeah, no, nah, I don't want to play with the black people. <laughs> I was like, man, I'm not doing extras. What the hell? Um, man, that would be nuts, eh? Haven't really touched on What position do you play? I play uh, midfield and defender, so just between those two. Oh, so that's – does that mean you have to run nine kilometres a game? I, I would say that defenders do quite a bit of – on midfielders, obviously, because they're, you know, in the – Basically, in the middle of the um, middle of the game, all the time. So they're doing constant running. But mm. I reckon defenders do quite a lot of running, and because we're chasing after the strikers, you know. Yeah, yeah. So fast. So yeah, I would say that strikers um, and 
defenders do quite a bit of running because you have to chase them and stop them from getting the ball and the goal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, um, how is it, I guess, COVID-19? I mean, it's, it's kind of like it's really put the, the stopper on lots of sports, well, all sports. I mean, how does that affect your season or what a season, what the season may look like? Do you, do you guys have any indication on when you may be able to play again? Or um, So at the moment, Wellington Hockey um, are going through different programs of what, uh, so just possible options um, mm. of what we could do. And we had to, they sent out emails to everyone and, we did a survey just to see what people are interested in, basically. Oh, okay. But um, at the moment, we don't have any updates. And, yeah. yeah. But they're thinking that we might um, have our hockey season later in the year. Oh, okay. Finish around December or something. Oh, yeah, okay. Because I think like, it would be like, you know, you're doing all the training and there's like a possibility yeah. that you don't know when the season may start or restart again. And I guess for your trainers, it's, it's like programming, not blindly, but they're trying to predict when, you know, and the when you may be. So even for you yourself, like, I mean, how do you, I mean, what, what keeps you focused then? What keeps you focused to, to train as frequently as you do under the current climate where you don't know when your hockey season may start again? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Uh so our trainers have based our trainings um, off that we um, are going to start the season mm. when lockdown is over. So they are assuming that we're going to start um, so we don't fall out of that kind of training pattern. Yeah. But I would say my – I would say I've just kept training throughout because I want the goals that I like, – I want to achieve the goals – and they're just in the back of my mind, like, yeah. you know, ringing. They're like, I, I want this. I want to be there. Or mm. I'm, I'm going to – some people are probably not training over this period, and that kind of, like, drives me because I'm like, well, yeah. you're not doing anything. I'm going to race past you, and I'm going to get there before you, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Um, that's a cool um, kind of philosophy to have, and it's – because I think there's, like – Bad as this is, there's, there's big opportunities for people if they take them. And I think you're right, you know, there's people that will slacken off and, you know, they put the handbrake on and then if you're still going at 100% and doing a little bit extra, then it gets you closer to what you want to achieve. Whether that's your goal in hockey or anyone else out there in life, I think that's – I think some people have considered this as a little bit of a holiday, you know? Um, yeah. And it's like <laughs> – I was like, bro, man, this is mad, man. I'll just be like taking every opportunity there is so to drive myself forward. I mean, I, I mean I'm mean, i in – I train pretty much every day. I think I had yesterday off, but that was by default because we went out to PR. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have done something. But it's just like, man, I've got this opportunity to, to do that, so I will. So I think you're right. That's a really yeah. good good mindset to have, and I, I applaud you on that. I hope young people, especially young Māori people, can go, hey, man – you know, I need to step up and just go hundred years while I can. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you're not going to sit at home, like you're sitting at home doing nothing, you're not going to get anywhere. And this is like the perfect time to work on your weaknesses, you know. Yeah. And that's what um, I went through with our uh, one of our coaches. Working on your weaknesses are scary, you know, like yeah. you don't want to face them. But 
this is like the best opportunity and you don't have to do it 100%, you know, like you can take your time and think about it and put steps in place and if you don't make, if you, obviously if, you, if you're not making it, then just step back and review and yeah. talk to your coaches about it and stuff like that. So it's such a good opportunity at the moment. Yeah, man. Do you get, um, you know, you're doing your running and the cardio, how, how are you preparing as a player on the park? I mean, it'd be pretty hard. I mean, school set wise for you, if you're playing in the midfield or defence, there'd be certain. I guess how, how's that been? How do you how have they been able to program that, or are you able to sort of do stuff as an individual, or do you have someone in your bubble who you can train with and practice certain <laughs> school sets? You know, it's just like you know, because hockey, you know, I'd imagine passing, stopping. You can correct me on my terms in hockey, man, but, you you know, trapping, trapping, that's the one. Um, You know, those sorts of things. Are you able to still work on those sort of little school sets or? Uh, Not as much as I want to, but uh, our coach actually said, um, we don't have to do too much hockey over this break. He said, because we are experienced players Oh, yeah. where it's naturally going to come back to us. Mm. So we said things like yardstick, which is just going side to side, things like that, just keeping your touch in, he said that will make a difference. But he said it's not really a major, which is surprising. Yeah. Um, but I just incorporate, like I'll take my stick with me down to the rugby fields or something, or um, if I'm just at home, I'll just, have it with me and in between my sets I'll just do some yardstick or juggling onto onto my stick or I don't know, doing some random stuff. Otherwise I don't yep. really have too much expectation um when it comes to my um skill set. Oh no, that's cool. I just kind of what yeah it's wondering oh, I think you're right too because I think you know, you've been playing a game for so long, it's just like a rugby player or anyone else. They've got those base skill sets yeah. down pat and um and it's funny they'll do do the similar thing to what you're doing. They'll, you know, go down the park and they'll you know, practice passing or kicking or, or just running with the ball, you know, because that's yeah. what you have to do in a game, you know. It's like you'd be – I'd imagine you'd, probably have to, you'd run with the stick sometimes because you you got to do that in hockey as well. And just oh, – you mentioned it earlier, um, the Ignite program. How did you get involved in – or how did you get the invite to the Ignite, um, Ignite Red Bull program? At the time, I was going through a little crisis. <laughs> 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 I was like – I was, um, yeah, I was not really in, enjoying hockey at the time. This was last year. Um, and, you know, and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to sign up, register for mm. Ignite. And then I was like, I didn't think much of it. And I was like, oh, no, like, well, I just, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, send in my name. And then I actually moved to Australia for six months last year. And I got an email um from them saying, oh, congratulations, blah, 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 you know. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm not in New Zealand. I can't train with everyone, yeah. you know. But, yeah, that's how it all kind of started from there. And how was the camp anyway? Because it's, it's like three or four days, eh? Yeah, it was like, yeah, it was like three or four days, yes. Um, it was amazing. It was honestly the best experience ever. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying that hockey is not a good experience mm. and I haven't enjoyed it but I think it was good to have a change in uh, different mindsets and being in a rugby culture was so much different to hockey it was just amazing like I was just blown away and 
and I was actually inspired, right, because yeah. I wanted to go back to hockey. Um, not that I don't want to continue playing rugby because I think it's bloody awesome, but like I want to go back to hockey now and incorporate the same sort of culture um, mm. that rugby has. Yeah, what was the di- what's the difference then? What, what what did you find was the difference between the two? I would say hockey. I'm not putting hockey down, but I think uh, hockey have a lot of work work comes towards like the kind of like camaraderie stuff, and there are you come across a lot of individuals um, yeah. in hockey. Okay, it's such an expensive sport that you know. It's kind of all about the money side. But okay. um, but then you go to tournaments like Māori hockey, which is the total opposite, like all about the whanaungatanga and, um, you know, just having fun and just playing hockey, not playing to a structure. Mm. Um, so I think it almost kind of mirrored the Māori hockey. So the Ignite and the Māori hockey was almost similar. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, I don't I, – I can't really explain that – I think everyone else would know what a rugby culture is like. But yeah. Me going into stepping into that, I was just like, "Holy moly, this is like the best thing I've ever wanted in my <laughs> life." <laughs> well, it's cool you experienced it, eh? That's pretty mean. Yeah. And how was um yeah. how was the testing? You enjoy the testing they do in rug in sevens? I was very nervous before the testing. Um, I. My goal going into Ignite Sevens was to be the fittest. Yeah. Well, yeah, the fittest, and then every and then I said to myself, "Well, I'm just going to have to do um, bulk up the eighty percent, and then the twenty percent will just have to come, you know." So yeah, um, fitness was my focus, and all the other stuff like strength and stuff um, I focused on. But yeah, fitness. I actually did quite well in the fitness testing, and then. The strength, everyone's very powerful in rugby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't very powerful, so um, that was kind of interesting coming from a hockey background. But, yeah, yeah um, everyone's got big muscles that I play rugby. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the skills testing, I actually did surprisingly good. We got yeah. rated out of five, and, yeah, I did, I, I did better than average, which I was yeah, so yeah. happy about. And, um, yeah. They always do the Bronco test. How was that? What was your time on that? Uh, my time, it was 5.17. That's decent. That's pretty good. That's real good. Yeah. That's not decent. Yeah, that's, was, that's pretty good. Uh, I, wasn't, I wasn't really happy with the time, to be honest. That's bad for me to say that, but I wasn't very happy because I wanted to get on the phone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think my body was like, um, I don't want to make excuses, but... I think it was just a shock to the body doing all the trainings and stuff yeah. like that. So I yeah. I'm a bit fatigued, but oh well. I'm, I'm still happy that I that I got close to five minutes, but I would have liked to be under five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can shave those seventeen off. Hey, eh? you got you got until the end of the year. Yeah. <laughs> you save seventeen yeah, seconds like, off. We have to do it like once a week now, Bronco. Oh yeah. Bloody horrible, <laughs> mate. They're not. Yeah, it's if people don't know what the Bronco is. Just look it up. Um, I think there's like 20, 28 turns, 28 turns I think there is or something like that. It's something crazy. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like three times. 20, 40, 60. Yeah. yeah, so there's something like 28 turns or something like that. But um, we used to do the yo-yo test. That was terrible. That was awful. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's even worse. Yeah. 
and oh, any any running. I'm not, I was never a fan. <laughs> I was never gonna like. Man, I want to be in the top five. I was like, man, I just want to finish. <laughs> that was yeah, 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 yeah. So that was my goal, man. So and then the Bronco, because the Bronco wasn't around when I played, so it was kind of like I was like stoked. What did you guys do? Yo yo. Yeah, oh, you said yeah, yo yeah. yeah, yo. Yeah, for hockey, it was yo yo. It went from yo yo to oh sorry, deep test. I'm pretty sure, and then it was yeah. yo yo. Yeah. When that all came in. Yeah, deep test was terrible was anyway. So it's gone to sixteen hundred. Oh have yeah. No, I haven't. So we, we do sixteen lengths of the. Well, it's not a sixteen hundred meter, but it's sixteen. It's called a sixteen. And we do sixteen lengths of the hockey field. Is it? Uh, uh, so it's nothing like the yo yo or the bronco. No, it's just a, but I think it makes sense to do the Bronco and the yo-yo because obviously, like when you play hockey, you do a lot of turning. Yeah, man, there's a ton. Of, there's a ton of turning and um, and in lots of sports actually, any field sport, hey, there's there's quite a bit of turning. Yeah. So yeah, it does does kind of make sense, and it does really slow you down. You don't realize, and you can see the people that are really good on the turns. You know, they've got that little yeah. that technique down pat, man. They know how to you know decelerate so they can hit the line yeah. right on, and then just. Boom, and then rotate their body so they can come off real quick, and then you see the ones yeah. who do the big old U-turn, <laughs> and you know that, that time's not going to be very good. <laughs> so you learn, all, but you learn the tricks. So the more you do, the more you do those ones, you figure out the pattern and you figure out how to be quicker on it. Yeah. So it's kind of good. Yeah, they have changed up all the testing because I think people kind of like wait a minute. I think all the players are starting to figure out how to do <laughs> to be super efficient on them. So no doubt in five years' time they'll have some new version of the Bronco up and running somewhere. So, but your sixteen hundred on hockey sounds awful anyway. So yeah, I I love the sixteen hundred. Oh well, wow. I don't, I love it more than other testings that yeah. I've ever done. But I just I would way prefer the sixteen hundred any day than any other one. Oh man, hey, do they do? Oh, <laughs> oh, you're true. Less turning, less turning. Hey, do they do in regards to that too? Like. And when they're doing all the testing, are they doing any um, like that? You, do you get chance to sort of get your you know what your VO two max is or how your lactic acid is responding? Do they do much testing around that for you guys at the moment, or is that sort of really at the top like black sticks level? Yeah, yeah, it's kind of at the top. We don't really have those sort of facilities, um, but hopefully in the near future they like they're spending more money on that kind of stuff. So yeah. hopefully that will feed down. Um, down to the regions. Yeah, you, you kind of hope so because it will kind of help everyone and it, it keeps the top yeah. end of the game really, really strong because then everyone who's just beneath it are really strong as well so you can step up into that yeah. top level quite comfortably. Yeah. No, that would be cool to do that kind of stuff, but now we've only really got – the only testing we get is uh, caliper testing. Oh, yeah, the whole <laughs> – Oh, man, I thought they – Whatever ba- I get, but I don't like that kind of testing. <laughs> like, no one's a fan of that. <laughs> And no one should be a fan of the BMI too, because I'm a, not a big fan of the BMI testing. Because oh, yeah. it's yeah, a, um, I think I'm um, overweight, according to yeah, BMI. according to BMI, the BMI is a bit skewed in regards to because it was really originally built back in the day, created by especially us Maldives, eh? <laughs> Maldives and Maldives and Polynesians, or it's just anyone who's generally tall and may have you know good bone density and carrying a bit more muscle and. Yeah, it can skew the skew the findings. That's what we've found. Oh, that's what I've found anyway. That's what I believe in. So I'm not a real big fan. And I think it, I think it just has to be around like 
how you carry yourself like on the field like because you'll find it in lots of sports that people go oh that person is maybe too heavy for that position and that but actually that person is extremely fit and extremely skillful and is moving as good as someone who they believe should be 10 kgs lighter you know what I mean so any other day I don't believe in the weight so ignite yes yeah, so he gave that a crack and you know do you think you later on may go back and have another have another go at it because I mean for the ignite I guess if people don't really know ignite Red Bull was for sevens for women's sevens a eh, to get picked up for New Zealand women's sevens team is that right yeah, yeah. So it was just like a like a shortcut pathway, maybe. Yeah. Like, okay. I might put it that way. So it's like a woman's like just being exposed to um, the Black Ferns um, Super mm. Team and um, see what kind of talents out there um, outside of rugby as well. Yeah. Um, is, yeah. Is it something you may want to pursue later on, or are you kind of like real set on really trying to crack the black sticks? I think um, if I were to pursue rugby, I would give. I would probably give up hockey. Yeah. Um, only because I they, they clash in the winter, so we I don't play hockey in the summer. Um, but they do clash in the winter, and I think I'd want to um play sevens in the summer and then fifteens uh, in the winter, mm. just so I have a kind of better understanding of how to play rugby and just like the basics and just like driving that into my brain, you know, <laughs> and yeah, my yeah. body. So um, I think, I think I, I think I would give it a crack if like things weren't going so well in hockey, maybe, but I'm like, I think I've just worked so hard and um, on the hockey sides of things and, I just, in the back of my mind, I don't want to give that up because I know that's what I've always wanted. It's cool. I mean, I hope you, I mean, you've got the right frame of mind in regards to it. You're thinking in the right space to pursue that dream. You know, I think that's the appropriate step forward. You're training and you already got the mental clarity around, hey, this is my goal, this is what I want to do. You come across as a person too that kind of like, okay, I'm going to give it 100%. I'm going to go for that goal. And if if I don't get that goal, I'm not going to let it destroy my life. You know what I mean? Like, so some people yeah, do that, yeah. chase it, chase it, chase it, and it doesn't happen, and they get super down. So, you, but you definitely come across as a person that doesn't. I don't think would, that you'd allow that to happen to yourself. And it's just like, hey, I'm going to see how far I can take this opportunity. And if I get yeah. it, boom, cracked it. If I um, if I get close to it, that's awesome. And if I just yeah. miss, hey man, I've, I've you've got a career, and you've got other sporting interests as well the pipeline so yeah. Yeah. that's cool man i hope some um some young people out there get to listen to your listen to your story man because i think it's really important that they kind of do because there's a lot of people that kind of fall on this trap of they're chasing that one little thing and, and they get super you don't down. have to limit yourself to that no you don't no you definitely don't and you know you probably know people too and probably in your own community or groups or in hockey and that who are just that's that keen on that one thing and then you kind of know that they're gonna, f- they may not handle that rejection, you know, or that that with that missed opportunity. So, actually, we really want to touch on um, your prowess uh, in the diving uh, for Kaimwana off the Kapiti Coast. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. 
because we've had um had, good, had a couple of good chats about it and then um your insta posts not so much about hockey but there's lo- loads of stuff about diving <laughs> um how did you get it how did you how did you get into that how did you get into you know diving yeah uh so um dad always went diving as like a young bloke and then when i was born uh we didn't have a lot of money so um we just lived off the land and mm. we went we went diving every weekend to provide um food for the table and yeah um yeah, so that's where it all started, and then we would just go to the beach with them, and yeah, it was it was really awesome, and uh, started diving probably oh, I don't know, I can't even give you a date, but um, or age, but pretty young. But we started doing our scuba diving course, my brother and I, uh, when we were thirteen, fourteen. Oh, cool! Damn. So we did our scuba diving course and. Yeah, loved it ever since then and went out yesterday. Yeah, yeah so. yes. But we didn't go from scuba. We went for a free dive yesterday. Oh, yeah. Did you get anything? Yeah, we got some you know, powers and then some craze as well. Oh, man. Oh, you got the secret yeah, but, spots. Hey? Okay. You got the secret spots, eh? Yeah. Oh, this was like a new spot. We don't usually go up um, the spot, but, um, yeah, we tried it. We just kind of tried that area out. Yeah, because I grew up down on oh, way down on Bluff. It's massive down there. You just go free diving, and then but the boys, the cousins, and that they because like kinders down there are crazy, like just crazy. They just roll out the back behind behind Bluff. They'll just go down for a dive, and they just come back, man, of buckets full of kinders, and they're huge, like massive, man. Yeah. And power too. I remember back in the day, we used to mum that we used to go around on the coast and just walk. You just you know, walk off the tracks down into the rocks and you just like just you might go out to knee height and you just like underneath the rock boom and just rip off a power off the rocks oh, and stuff that's yeah crazy. yeah that was a long time ago and then you know you had all the divers and that all come through and they almost kind of wiped out the stocks and then the locals kind of like whoa, whoa, whoa hold on man this is not how we do it they kind of like because bluff's kind of like in a it's on a point peninsula so you can kind of like so they kind of knew who were the non-locals and who weren't. So they're about and so now, but now apparently the power net will kind of come back on the rocks and it, so you can cruise down off the tracks and just go and grab grab power. And they're huge, man. They used to be massive. South yeah. Island always had big Kaimoana, eh? Like I yeah. think Kaimoana like cold weather, not so much the warmer weather because you go up north. Like I would go up to Mahia even. Yeah. The Karais are massive. Yeah. But the cannons are small. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It must yeah. be the feed that they have down there. It must be the seaweed day. I guess Fobo Strait too because it's like a has, has a mean current that runs through there. So it's probably sweeping a lot of like waste food and products coming through there from, you know, along the ocean currents and stuff like that. So, um, uh, yeah. yeah, so pretty big down there. The whole sort of power, kinders, craze, not crazy. You have to go to the West Coast, so up to Fiordland, Tiana. They go out of Riverton and so forth up the coast for craze. Um, oysters are massive, obviously big and bluff, and mutton birding. So far known that they cruise down to the islands off off Stewart Island and go mutton birding. But oh. yeah, weren't able to this year. Yeah, couldn't this year because of COVID nineteen, which is kind of maybe good because of sort of the population 
of birds. You know, next year it'll be a lot more and a bit bigger and starting to be more of them. So no doubt next next year, if, if they're able to hit the islands again, then they should have a pretty good haul of mutton birds coming off the islands next year. So they'd be pretty mean. My mum and my auntie send up a few care packages from down home because I'm always like rinsing them out like, man, come on, man, I live in Auckland now. Oh, no, you got to send up something. <laughs> some mean as climb one. I come. my weekly. <laughs> yeah, man, like, and they were mean as, so we got a mean as packed last year, like craze. I still got craze in the freezer and power, mince power and all the rest of it. So, yeah, you sort of take it for when you leave, eh? you know, you leave a place like that and you come and shift and you come to Auckland and stuff and you're like, oh, man. Actually, it was a pretty good life when it came to getting that sort of kai off the, off the land and off the out of the ocean and stuff. Eh? Um, and you're going on. You're doing a bit of a trail journey as well. You're you're going back. Down, you're going down that pathway. Yeah. So I'm, um, I went to like a Kohanga and Kurukai Papa in Wellington, and then mm. when we moved down to Dunedin uh, from Wellington, kind of lost our um, real. Because mm. um, we just went to a mainstream school, so um, yeah, I think ever since I think ever since going to uh, what do you call it, uh, Ignite Sevens. Yeah, I think I was just so inspired about because um, they they were they focused on being courageous and um, being courageous and knowing who you are as a person and where you're from because that's important because that's the foundation. Um, that's your foundation and that's going to help you achieve your goals, you know. Mm. So that kind of inspired me to get back into it. And, yeah, and then so I just signed myself up this year and got into one of the classes. Yeah, um, and I'm doing it with my mum as well, so I'm oh, yeah. lucky to, to do it with, with her. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool, man. That's mean. My daughter, she's 10, so she's been in – she's fluent in Māori. I don't understand yeah. a single thing she says, man. I'm like, what was this, man? I need to, I need to do some sneaky catch ups here. She's got the mocks, eh? Like, and not, hey. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I think it's super important. I think you're right too. That whole courage thing and finding yourself because it's easy to lose. And I know what you mean because we kind of similar. When I grew up, was my dad was fluent Te Reo Māori, all the rest of it. But they were in that kind of era through the seventies and the early eighties when they were like, no, nah, you don't teach your kids. You know, they're kind of like we're coming off that kind of, and then it had that renaissance. But yeah, my dad, man, he's, he, I can't remember him ever speaking to real Māori in the house. And it wasn't until he, we were kind of like older and and it was kind of like, oh man, my old man can speak to real Māori. I didn't even know. Yeah, it was like, hey, it's crazy. But it yeah, was that, crazy. it was that kind of era, eh, you know, back then. Yeah. Um, and now, you know, it's, 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 it's sort of kicked off and it's, it's it's really growing and the number of people that are doing it, yeah. so that's pretty mean. And even yeah. just going back home, like, everyone's speaking te reo Māori and it's mm. like, oh. Like, I can understand it, but, yeah. like, when I reply, I'm like, I have to speak Pākehā, you know? Yeah, yeah. I have to reply back in Pākehā, but I can understand what they're saying and I'm like, damn yeah. it, I need to, like, I need to learn it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it'll come. It'll come and then... um. And then when you make the black sticks, you um, when the report asks you questions, you can ask, you can answer it in Te Reo Māori, and they'll be like, "Oh, what?" Yeah, well, yeah, that would be pretty awesome. Right? Or maybe even getting the black sticks to do a haka one day. That oh. would be awesome. <laughs> Holy, man! Imagine that! Oh no, nah, man! 
Imagine that, eh? That'd be nuts, eh? Oh, the black sticks are doing hocker. Oh, wow, that thing, things have changed then, eh? Things have changed if they yeah, did that. 100%. That would, be, um, that would be a pretty good goal for the black sticks to have, I reckon. Or some sort of like um, incorporating some sort of Maori um, culture and mm. just in their everyday game, really, or their yeah. uniform or yeah. the rituals that they do. Yeah, yeah, because it's been really incorporated in a, lots of other national teams in New Zealand now, like yeah. an understanding around Te Maori and then certain aspects of it and then incorporating it into their culture or, as you said, like in designs as well for uniforms. Maybe, hopefully, you can only hope and then maybe you find yourself as the person who does that, you know, who, who knows, you could be the catalyst behind it yeah. for that sort of participation and understanding in that space. So what's your plans like just for the rest of 20 and then into 21? What do you sort of hope to achieve I guess post COVID nineteen, do you have like set goals that you want to achieve by maybe in the next eighteen months? Yeah, so um, uh, I've kind of been out of the hockey scene for the last year mm-hmm. um, because when I moved to Aussie, I didn't play uh, NHL, so I really wanted to play NHL this year, but that hasn't gone to plan. So uh, I'm going to continue um, training really hard and hopefully club. Um, still on this year so um, I think this year was my focus just to play hockey to express myself don't play so structured um, yeah so just play what's in front of me and yeah that was basically my goal this year um, and then next year I would like to get back into the um, and I am in the system but I would like to you know get my name out there and um, yeah. hopefully yeah get up there at some point. I guess you're, you're on the right path now if you're, you're doing all the training, you got the right mindset, which we touched on earlier. And this is probably a good opportunity too, like with COVID-19, to sort of focus on yourself as an individual in that space and then when yeah. it comes to when things may start again in regards to competition and team participation, then you might find you're sort of several steps ahead of a lot of other people. So they'll definitely push your name into the eyes of the people that need to be need to see it, eh? So yeah, that'd be yeah. pretty mean. It's a bit nerve wracking being up against so many um, other really good players, but I think I think over I think um, over the last maybe three or four years, I've become too structured in the way I play hockey, okay. and I just want to go back to the way I used to play and how I was identified. So I want to kind of flip back yeah. and just. Go almost go with the flow, but yeah. not you know. Yeah. So by um, talent, not not place someone else's structure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I understand that because there's, there's a big degree of I think players in any team sport, you still got to have your own individual markers, you know, about who you are. I think that's one of the big challenges, and I sort of understand what you mean, structured approach, because they've spoken a lot about that in the rugby circles where players have become too structured or a certain player that used to be real free or play ad-lib being coached into a structured manner. Um, and they've kind of gone back to being, hey, just express yourself, but in a way that is not going to damage the team result, you know what I mean? But you can still express yourself and have your individual markers in the game. And I think... 
that's a really good thing that, that I've seen in rugby in the last couple of years that they've done that, you know, your Damien McKenzie's, um, James Lowe and, and, you know, David Havili and loads of other players that you can tell like, yeah, they're, pl- they're playing with a degree of freedom and license to it, but they also know how to play a finish within the team framework that makes sense. So yeah, I think that's a good yeah, way. Right. Yeah. I think that's a good way to go because it's kind of like you have to accept, you know, people will have to accept who you are and how you play the game. And yet I can play as, an, as a me, but and I can also play in your team framework. I think that's a yeah. really good way to look at it and to go forward for yourself. Not that I'm here. I'm, I'm, I'm not offering you sports psychology, <laughs> <laughs> like amateur sports psychologist. <laughs> Yeah, online, like, hey, this is what I think. But I think that's a really good way to go with, I think we've seen that with young athletes. Because just quite, I'm just speaking in regards to university because we deal with the, especially the young ones from high school will come through and then high performance. Maintain your individual, you know, your markers in that respect, you know, just you have to, because you're the skill sets you don't want to bottle. And I think when you're unstructured, some of the skill sets that are, key magic ingredients that make you a player get lost. And so, like, you yeah, still got to hold that. Yeah. Um, so I really believe in that. And I think players that have that, who can you can allow them. And it comes down to coaches and you've got to allow players to – and you can't be hard on players if a player makes a mistake because players know. Players don't need to be told. You can talk about, hey, this is what maybe you could have looked at it this way and sort of be – you know, don't be destructive with your conversations with a player, but be constructive and that you lift them up. And yeah. I think that's a key thing moving forward, I think, for loads of people. But I think you you got the right frame frame of mind. Man, I hope, I, hope, I think you I think you do really well. For me. Yeah. Um just to in my head I just sum it up as going with the flow, but mm. like I know that I have the the foundation and the base, like underneath me, yeah. it's just that I just need to kind of shave it back a bit and like add my touch to it, you know. And you got other outlets outside of hockey as well. I mean, you're doing yeah. learning to do Māori with your mum. Enjoy, you love diving and being in the environment. So that's another. And you've got a, you know, a, an opportunity to have a really, really good career within Fulton Hogan as well. So you got some really good outlets to help you support you. So I think that sort of gives you a real good balance. But yeah, just um, quickly yeah, before we wrap up, is what's your strength? What's your strength in hockey? Okay, uh, this is my this is my weakness because I'm always negatively. I always like you know thinking about myself negatively. So I'll give this a crack. I think my um, strength in hockey is camaraderie, uh, like teamwork, um, bringing people together. I think it comes naturally to me, and as an individual, obviously communication. Like I love having a chat with people or helping them out. Anything to help anyone out, I will do that. And then, and as an individual on the field, I would say that I am aggressive. I just go until the whistle blow. You know, at the end of the game, I'm just like just keep going until the yeah. whistle ends, basically. I don't know, I, don't, I, I can't really pinpoint it, but I think I'm a very good team person, yeah. personally. And weakness in hockey? <gasps> just one, yeah. just one. We only take one. <laughs> I'm too hard on myself, way too hard. Like, I just put myself down too much and I'm, when I shouldn't be. 
Yeah, no, I can get that. I understand that. Anything else like you want to part? You know, want to like pass on or wisdom? I think especially for young Maori athletes, it'd be cool if there's anything that you kind of think, oh man, that'd be cool. Uh, any tip or any advice? I my tip for young people or anyone, it's important. I think it's important to have balance in your life. Um, no matter the goal that you want, I think it's important to have balance. But if you want something, you have to work hard for it. And just because you have talent doesn't mean you're going to get to the top. There's uh, The percentage is so small um, for talent that gets straight to the top. But if you want something and you have talent or if you don't have talent, you have to work hard for it. So some people are a lot more talented than me and they've kind of slacked off now. But... I'm still pushing hard um, until I get there. So if you've got the talent or if you don't have the talent but you have the work ethic and the right um, mind frame and you want to get there, then just go for it. Yeah, man, mean. That's awesome. Awesome advice. I think um, those young people can take that, should take that on board too and apply it in their life and hopefully we'll, you know, you'll see more yeah. coming through the ranks in multiple sports and, and not only sports but in you know, education and other areas of life as well. So I think that's really cool. So you'd just like to say thank you. Thank you, Kiriana, for coming on, man. Mean to catch up with you and, and have a chat and put a name, you know, face to a name and, uh, and all the rest of it and it, to hear your story. It's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty inspiring. I think it's awesome to hear from a young Māori woman who's who's doing the doing Māori with her mum, got a mean job, um, pursuing a career, you know, representative career in hockey and, you know, that's awesome, mate. So... Um, so that's us from Every Day with um, Garish Jim NZ. So everyone stay safe and um, healthy out there and peace out and we'll chat soon.